Hi, my name is Dan Gikar and welcome to The Works. Mindset, self-awareness and personal growth and strive towards the ultimate goal of mastering ourselves. Let's mindset engineer. Welcome to The Works. You hear me? Yes. Awesome. Hello. What's going on, guys? We're good, and you? I'm trying this... Uh, this uh, doing shit at home between a wall, my beds, and <laughs> it's fun. That's awesome. <laughs> What's up, Skiz? Not much. How you guys been? Uh, not bad, man. You know, weird times. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy fucking shit going on. You guys ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we got some interesting folks in the house today. Please introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Hello, well, I'm Liana Carbone, and I am an artist and the founder of Haven Creative Studio. I'm Anthony Licio, um, co-founder of Haven and husband of Liana. <laughs> Very nice. So the reason why I invited you guys here, it's because I see I'm following you guys on, on what you're doing. Cool. It's, been a, it's been a while. And uh, it's some super interesting things going on, concepts. So I want to know, basically, how did it all start? Because you guys didn't originally start with this, right? No. Um, I've always considered myself a multidisciplinary artist of sorts. I began in performance arts when I was like younger in the first two decades of my life and um, studied communications in college, which really got me critically thinking about the media that we're consuming and the messages that are encoded within it. And um, at around 20, I began exploring uh, more intensively like visual arts through painting and photography and photography really stuck with me as a way of uh, really being able to like encode an image with whatever I was feeling was going on within myself or the collective. So I began, began image making and, uh, and yeah, the journey began then. And yeah, for sure. I mean, well, <laughs> then you worked in marketing for a few years, uh, like four years. And then, mm. and then after, after Lee worked in marketing for a couple of years while I was working in finance, um, we, well, we decided together that she would, she would actually branch off and start her dream project, which is Haven. And so basically we have the same kind of, uh, journey, I would say Lee has accepted herself as an artist from way back when, from when she was young. For me, it was like something I always did, but it was always like a side thing. It was like, a, so like what played guitar from nine years old, right? And and I uh, I was always involved in artistic stuff, but only when Lee and I started actually getting together years ago, like ten years ago, and I went in, I would actually go to her communications classes. Nice. And, and like or or help with her communications projects rather mm-hmm. and uh, that's really what sparked uh sort of like this idea of media in my head then after that i went off and i worked in finance for like seven years so what made you do that jump to come back yeah uh i mean for me it was just being inspired by lee lee was doing basically everything that we always spoke about and, and she was actually, you know, actualizing it and making it happen in the real world. And so that's what, that's what brought me out of finance and back into, uh, back in, well, and 
into the media space. I think that an ongoing thread with in this story though that we haven't touched on yet is like there came a point in my early 20s where um like my health was unbalanced and i felt intuitively that the only way to heal my body was to and to come into like balance of like body mind and soul was to honor what my soul wanted which was to be making art full time yeah so there's like a healing current in like in this space and the intention that it was brought forth. And I, I didn't feel like at the time in Montreal, like there was like a space where, you know, it was a hybrid between like an art studio and a space where people can gather to, to like explore healing arts as well, you know? So like the, the fusion between the two has been like integral on my path. And um, I think that, Anthony was feeling that imbalance of like body, mind and soul as well, like in his career in finance, which was like really intense on him. And Haven was like a haven, you know, (laughs) where on the weekends he would come and we would have like breathwork immersions or we would have like creative photo shoots. And it's just like a safe space where like he can come and explore that side of him that wanted to, to like uh, be more um, active in his healing journey. So yeah, basically, in, in this space here, what do you guys what do you guys host, kind of? Because you just mentioned a few things, so there's it sounds like there's a lot more than just that. Yeah, I think there's four, <laughs> there's four pillars to Haven. If we want to okay. look at it that way, um, I think there's a there's a photo production side, which is the the, the I guess the core of it, the, the the thing Liana had initially started, which was her business was was a photography production company. Uh, since then the the studio became you know we started renting out the studio to other creatives and then um you know liana brought in a lot of you know through her connections and through her work brought in a lot of uh people who started giving workshops out of the space uh workshops generally geared towards uh healing exploring uh, your creativity as a as an outlet to transmute different energy and to like work through things you know yeah so like so, like, I guess the pillars are photography, uh, production, then workshops, then studio rentals, and something we, we brought in, uh, well, Lee had been doing a little bit of it with, um, with some other collaborators before, but, but we started to ramp that, that up much more when I came in was video production. So, obviously, you know, uh, media is very, very uh, video heavy. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like, again, thanks to Lee, she sparked my interest in the, in video, and um, and then when I developed a passion for that, we we incorporated that pretty strongly uh, in last year as well last year. Very nice. It sounds like interesting. So out of all this, what is this? Is where I'm getting intrigued now, right? So what is the most um, the most interesting project or that you've done with your space? Or something that has resonated with you compared to possibly others. Do you mean? Uh, do you mean like a, a workshop we did in the space specifically, or any production? Uh, any any type, any type that really so, kind of left an impact. I think that like what we really like to explore here is like the intersection between two different worlds. So what we like to do a lot is we like to fuse elements of 
workshops, which are very engaging and involving of everybody on set, we fuse that into our creative process. Mm -hmm. So we don't see like the models or the people who are, are like physically on the set. Like we don't just see them as like a means to an end uh, performers or actors. They're, they're act, they're active involved in the yeah. active participants in the creative process so it's a bit more of like um, what I like to call like a circle approach instead of the traditional media approach which is more of a triangle like hierarchy, hierarchy thing so it's it's very collaborative in that sense whatever we make is like almost like a co-creation and um, yeah I think the last couple of projects that I, I, I have been posting about like on my feed which um, involve like a lot more uh, people on set, a lot more women on set, I think is kind of like that shows that through line of, I guess, what we consider has been an interesting area that we're tapping into. <laughs> so, ba so, basic, so basically, if somebody comes in and comes into your space and decides, you know, they want to do Project X, let's say, you guys get involved in the project. Yeah, well, everything that happens in the space is curated by us. Okay. We don't just rent. I think Anthony maybe presented it kind of like as an Airbnb style, but it's exactly, not, exactly. It's not That's what I want. That. Okay, perfect. It's yeah. All curated in like a, it's it's a creative community. It's very inclusive, mm -hmm. but we like to know like what the people are doing. We look at their portfolios. Often, the people who rent the space are repeat visitors, so there is like a creative community around Haven. Yeah, but that's for that's for um, that's for the workshops, right? Like, so like workshops are one thing; they're they're obviously curated. Um, well, for and, shoots too, and like I go guess, check yeah. out people's yeah, work our, and our, stuff. Our like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we we like to we like to as much as possible try and choose our clients too. So work with people who allow us to work in the way we want to work. Right. So well, it has to be a right energetic match. You know? Exactly. Like, you have yeah. to be looking for something that we can offer, and they have to be like, uh, we have to look be looking for something they have too. So it's like. You know. So basically, you you said before that this all came about kind of like being in tune of what your body, mind, soul, I guess, was reaching out to go get mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. out of the world. So. Like what, what was the, the, I guess the, the, that moment that said kind of like that sparked that little light bulb and said, okay, wait a minute, I need to, I need to look into something else. Was there a specific moment or you always knew that this is what you wanted to do? I think early on, like in, in university, when I began creating, collaborating in teams, with other creatives and I saw the magic of, um, of, of teamwork that's behind productions, especially with uh, individuals who are aligned. Like, I was like, whoa. I remember telling Anthony back then, I'm like, I want an art collective. Like I want to make like a space. Like I was maybe 20 years old when I, I mentioned that to, uh, to Anthony and I'm like, oh, I would love to make a space where like, we can co-create bigger things, you know, because like to really achieve something spectacular, it transcends the individual. Like you need like a, a team behind it, you know, different opinions, different skills, different gifts. 
so we're all about that here and i mean it was it was a dream from from early the early 20s but we were actually able to actualize it like maybe uh, like six years later you know we, yeah. we went off work we got our first art studio when i was like 23 so like seven years ago now and then we, we moved into it but we always lived like from when we moved out of our parents' house, we always lived in like an art studio. So there was always that integrated aspect of like whenever we wanted to be creative, if Anthony wanted to play music or if I wanted to paint, it was part of our lifestyle. And now we like, it's four years that we have Haven as like a standalone studio and then a living space separate from it. Yeah. Um, that but it's also very cool. Yeah. It's nearby, <laughs> but, but it makes it, 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 it makes it more of like a space for like, you know, for this work in particular and that our community uses to create as well or to host workshops or these hybrid events like we were talking about super cool so where do you guys uh what do you guys turn to for inspiration in your work i think a lot of our inspiration comes from like our our own healing process like the things that Mm -hmm. we're going through and the things that were being reflected in our in our community and in our group work you know is we, we try to make our work as human as possible. So a lot of it is like these like lessons and realizations that like as we're processing, like we're like, okay, we want to like put that into the piece, you know, like we want it to feel like something that we're feeling so that our audience can feel with us. I think that's what we try to, to do. What about you, Anz? Yeah, I think I get inspired um, by more by the way in which people do things than, than necessarily what they're doing. So I'll be, I'll be inspired by somebody's process or by somebody's, um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, you can look to great filmmakers for how they make films or how they frame shots or, or something like that. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily, I can't say that I, I go into every project um, looking for a specific aesthetic uh, from someone else. I think that's up to us to create. Uh, yeah. our own style, our own vibe, but more, more like, you know, uh, what are the best practices of how to produce a shoot in the right way? What are, you know, uh, what, are, what are visually some of the things that are interesting uh, that other people are doing, but then sort of take all that and, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I totally understand that because even, even for me, when I, I, um, I record these uh, conversations with people, it, every single conversation is different every single energy is different the vibes are different um so yeah i think that i just go with i go with the flow i don't like planning certain things but i think that um this is my opinion that the most important thing is being in tune to what you want to do like being in tune to what your message wants to be or what do you want to output and, and just sticking to being true to yourself. I think that's the, the best way to go about it. Cause you know, like if you try to like box people in, like you're, you're kind of like reducing their creative, uh, vibe i guess or. for sure that's why like i have a hard time with like titles or genres or like yeah. anything like that yeah i like to keep it really open i think that what we're doing here is we're we're examining observing the human experience from our lens and from the lens yeah. of our community and we're trying to, to you know just 
work with that, you know, like, like, okay, what can we do with this? Like what we're, we're truly feeling and, and observing around us right now. So yeah, I mean, production traditionally is really, um, is hyper planned. Yeah. I know yeah. so much more about, um, about that openness a lot. <laughs> our productions are a, a nice balance of, um, we have extremely rigorous planning too, don't get me wrong. Like, well, uh, there's a certain amount of planning that has to be done. We don't show but... up uh, on set with, you know, missing either or something. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. So, so it's like, there's definitely a ton of planning. All we do, there's a ton of, uh, you know, mood boarding and of course we're drawing off inspiration and stuff. There's all the traditional steps of the production process. I think we just leave a bit more room for, uh, for, uh, for magic to intuitive, happen. Uh, you know, magic to happen. Okay on the spot as well so i think that's that's our uh re that's how we create value and how we do media a little bit differently is leaving a bit more space for uh for the spontaneous and it's traditionally accepted in our industry <laughs> it, okay so explain to me that what's the difference between or what you guys do versus let's say the the general misconception of like I guess the production industry. I think things are a lot more scripted usually, but yeah. we, we just like to keep yeah. some space for magic to happen in the room. I think that that's what keeps me going. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'd be able to do this work without that. Like there has to be an element of, of um, there's this quote in human design, which I've been super interested in lately that says that, you know, to think that we own our creativity is the biggest vanity. We are all just responding. Wow. That's cool. And, hmm. and I, I love to respond. So if it's too structured and I can't respond to what's happening in the moment, I can't direct the models or people on set based on what I'm really feeling, then it's too boxed for me, you know? Yeah, so we, I feel we you. try to tap into that that space where Anthony's like order and I'm chaos. Like he makes sure that like all the conditions of planning are really like the gears are the batteries are all charged that we have all mm -hmm. the right stuff rented. The lights da, 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 is all well structured, which creates the safe container for that exploration to happen. So there's a certain amount of order and a certain amount of chaos I think needed for like true magic to take place. Yeah. And I think like, um, you know, it, it just, it, it, it depends. That's uh, if your project is such that it requires, you know, a production company that's, uh, you know, traditional, then that's who you're going to go with. And I think for us, it's more of a, like, we're going to find the niche of people that want to, you know, maybe tell an authentic story or give an authentic uh, representation of something. Yeah. And so those clients are going to come to us, you know, small, medium, big, there, there's that's what I think you need to be careful about is trying to be like this umbrella that catches everything. Um, so we're trying to bring that traditional aspect, which is, you know, structure, which brings comfort, obviously, to clients to say that, okay, like, I know I could trust these people, but also we're, we're getting, we're in a world where people are starting to not want to accept media that's so uh, contrived. contrived, media that's so perfect, so we're going into a world that wants something that's a little more raw. Now, if you think that you're going to achieve that by planning everything, then it goes counter to what you're trying to achieve. So I think that's what 
that's the way we're going to differentiate ourselves. And obviously, we're still very young in this, and, and we we have we have ways to go and, and tons of room to grow. But I think we've we've so far shown that in in a lot of different contexts, whether it was small, medium, or big businesses or, or, or people we were working with, we've been able to achieve stuff uh, by using this sort of hybrid approach of uh, of you know. Uh, very structured planning, but also uh, a little bit of space. And not only differentiate ourselves, but also like in sharing our, our experience and our process, like in conversations like this, hopefully inspire others. Well, yeah, exactly. That's why like, play, you know? that's the whole thing. And that was going to be my next question is, do you think that um, um, like everybody knows, like, you know, the, the, I guess common media is very scripted or you see some, is you think that people are opening up more to this concept? Because is it is this like a new concept? Like what you guys are trying to, um, or the ideology that you're trying to go with? With you know, don't box yourself in, don't plan too much, and create like create that that flow of ideas and creative state. I guess if you want to call mm-hmm. it. Like, is it is it something new, or is it becoming more? Uh, I guess common to people. I don't know. I think you gotta sort of um, see where your talents lie too. You know, for us, it's like we're we're good in the moment. We're good spontaneously. Yeah, it yeah. works for us. So if we weren't good spontaneously, we wouldn't do that. So I would just, I would just, you know, it, it really depends. But really I think depends, that huh? it, it it taps a lot more into like intuitive creativity, mm. and I think that that's that's what we try to foster in our practices here. Yeah. To answer your question, I think, yes, I think there's a movement towards people requiring something less, uh, how can I say this shallow out of media, okay. less shallow, less scripted. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you look at anything today from, from the news to, to advertisement, it's ultra scripted. Um, and script is great. Script is phenomenal. I mean, I'm, I, you know, some of the things you do are, uh, we'll, we'll write a script. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think for the most part, what we like to do is, is, is uh, different. And I think we do it more because we like it than because we found some trend that we're trying to get on. Yeah, yeah exactly. for us, it was, a, it was a, not a process that was taught to us. It's not something that we read about. It's or strategized. Or strategized. It's something that was like intu- intuitively came through in yeah. like this. And that's still coming through. It's like still coming still through. Figuring this and out. I think that myself and Anthony do it in very different ways. Yeah. I think that like I'm really not scripted, like in the sense that like I really work with the energies of the people in the room and like that's that's how I guide. Mm-hmm. Whereas Anthony is really good at like capturing people like speaking in their essence or like let's say like some more documentary style. He's like, I think we both, what we both tap into is like, we can hold space for people to be authentic. And I just do it in a way that's a bit more performance art. And Anthony does it in a bit of a way that's more documentary style. Yeah. Like, for example, I I shot like a small documentary for a a, uh, Montreal restaurateur, right? And uh, um, we could have scripted the whole thing, right? We could have written every single word and pretended like he authentically said all this stuff. We did it. We just, we just, uh, the only thing that was scripted was sort of like some questions that we would talk about, but essentially we had a conversation like this one. Exactly. And, uh, 
Um, and yeah, eventually, um, as this as this uh, documentary is getting put together, I just I like that raw feeling of it, you know. Um, so I think that's the, I think it it uh, like being uh, unscripted or not planning anything, just like this conversation now, right? Is whatever we just talking about whatever and whatever comes to mind, and it it goes to get that that beauty, right? Like it's raw and it goes to get that beauty of like, okay, what are you really feeling? You have to go to a, a place where you're actually influencing people. Yeah. And if you're not, you're never going to catch their entire, like their guts kind of like, you're never going to bring them in. I think it has to be like a transmission, like something that like really impacted you, like through something like, you've lived you know like i think a lot of people try to influence without having the foundation of like having experienced or living something profound exactly like i think that if we focus more on like really taking everything in our life as a blessing whether it was the light or the shadow of whatever we lived throughout our life like that's our expertise it's what we've lived you know hopping on a trend and trying to influence or like teach or, or speak or create content on something that like is just a trend, but you haven't truly lived and embodied. Like that's when it's like lackluster, you know? Exactly. So Yeah. Just working on things you care about is so important. Like, and, and making the best out of every situation. Like uh, we've had clients in all different uh, spectrums. Right. But I think the, the through line of everything we worked on, whether it was a workshop at the space or a video project or a photo project with any type of client, small or big, uh, I think the through line was always forget about the, the end result of the product. Even just the way we work with people is, is in a way that's ultra human. Uh, we build that relationship and we build that trust because then what we require from them is a lot of trust to have us work in the way we work. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's what it is. It's about building honest uh, relationships, doing, doing things that you want to do in the way you want to do them. Uh, and and finding those matches. So often in business, we try and force uh, getting a client or, or working with people or doing a certain thing. Well, yeah. It's like, man, I've had so many cool experiences in the last year working on such different things and even maybe a, a topic or a thing that I may not have been that interested in, but with amazing people, I, I it actually sparked my interest in it. So yeah, a lot of the a lot of the business today, uh, especially in my field where I'm in, uh, construction engineering, a lot of I see a lot of like the the people going to get business. Like you see, their approach is so like it's like fucking plastic. It's like mm-hmm. you know they're they're just going in, and it's like they're you you see them coming in, and their ultimate goal is. I want your business. I want more money from you. Bef- before asking your potential client, well, how could I help you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that there's something really messed up and inorganic in that. And yeah. it's like, I don't know, it does not build like a sustainable community in any way. It's yeah. everybody's looking to take and not to give. Because exactly. when you ask somebody what they truly need, you're, mm-hmm. you're looking for what you can give and then you'll be rewarded based on that, you know, but everybody is looking to take, take, take. And that creates a lot of imbalances in our society for sure. Mm-hmm. I actually hope that in this period of deep reflection, there's a lot of people 
can come into that space of like analyzing how they can actually give more, you know, instead of focusing on all this taking. <laughs> but it's true. And, you know, like a lot of uh, like, I, I love, I love talking to people, right? Cause you just get like different vibes and especially during this time, like, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing to keep busy? Uh, you know, like stupid questions, like, what are you reading? You know, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? What are you listening to? And like, so many people i find they're they're not actually taking the opportunity to do something for themselves and st- and then and then eventually going to put it out there right so what are you what are you creating during this time like are you doing something with yourself to it's interesting you say that cuz like I, i think actually since we're on the topic of media because we're we're media creators right it's odd that um You know, I think the media does have a huge responsibility. And I think the media uh, hasn't, maybe hasn't been doing the best job because there's a lot of fear uh, out there. And I think that that's what keeps or has been keeping people uh, so worried. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's the perfect opportunity to, uh, to, uh, to do a bunch of things that you didn't get a chance to do before, to take some time for yourself, to learn new things. But often, and myself included, I've been, you know, Uh, myself included during this period there's some days where I you know I can't I can't put the car into gear because of uh, because you know you get distracted by all these things you know so definitely I think there's a responsibility there to be a little bit more balanced a little bit more um, a, a little bit uh, more conscious of the repercussions of also this media that we're facing because it's not just the, this virus that we're facing it right now it's also the The media, the the media itself the, is a virus yeah, for your so. mind and for your soul. Yeah. Because it takes you, it, it's so polarized towards the shadow side of our reality. And yes, there's a pandemic and yes, a shortage of supplies. And yes, some people are, are dying. Other people are in unfavorable quarantine situations. Okay, there's a lot of layers to this cake. It's mm-hmm. really like devastating. Yes, but... There's no balance in traditional media to say, okay, right. we're going to put all this fear, fear-based, fear a lot of it truth, some of it questionable yeah. in your face. And then it's like, how do we balance, how yeah. do we balance that? Like, is there anything offered And it there? And so easy. To, it would to, be so easy. Like, for example, I mean, if we just take this case, then I, I know, I, know uh, I don't want to. We, we all talk about this COVID-19 stuff too much, so I don't get into it too much. I'm just saying the amount of focus on the people that died versus the amount of people that have recovered. Why not just put a story out on, hey, like 99% of people have recovered really well so far. Yeah. Or, or, what or what have people have what have people done to help other people? Exactly. Yeah. Give exactly. more. There's so many stories. There's amazing stories like- of like people coming out of retirement to go help. And like, that's like 1% of the media out there. Uh-huh. So no problem. Give me, give me the scary part, but give me 50-50. Yeah, like balance it for me. Exactly. Like, media has forever so been we, we, as, as fear propaganda. We're in a process of like, you know, integrating a lot and like closing out a lot of, uh, using this time to close out a lot of art projects and documentaries and whatnot that we hadn't had a chance to finish in the hustle and bustle before COVID-19. But going forward, uh, we hope to output from Haven, like media that can create a bit more balance uh, because we, we see this as a responsibility as a media company yeah. to, to address that. Yeah, this, this thing that's going on actually has, has 
for me has given me so much fuel to once yeah. this is all over to really go out there and like really try and make a difference with the media that we're outputting because the people think, we give a voice to is through yeah, featuring or whatnot you know what i mean i think we have a responsibility big and small to to really realize that we change the the vibe of the whole planet to, with what we put out there and so much of it is is violence so much of it is you know uh hypersexualized hypersexualized yeah. much of it is like so bad for us psychologically and it's been proven so mm -hmm. i think we got to be cognizant of, about that we can't turn a blind eye anymore and, and uh, how does it when you see something when you see something on the media that how does it affect you like do you since you guys are in media what do you, how do you how do you view it kind of like you see something and you're like mm -hmm. oh how how could this have been uh sent out differently or deliver a uh, different delivery kind of well, as an intuitive type and um i'm very sensitive to energies and work with energy too like and i feel like a lot of the media that is put out it is very low vibrational and actually in the body the part of the body that it keeps you in is really the bottom um energy centers mm -hmm. so if you look at fear and violence and all that it's like it puts you in a survival state which is actually your root your bottom and then like a lot of like what anthony was touching on that's out there like all hypersexualized stuff as well also keeps you rooted so it's actually not rooted but like in a lower energy center of your body so like it's not allowing people to rise up into their heart up into the, this energy center right under the heart which is like your personal power and feeling like you have the, uh, the 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 strength to fight this or come into your heart the compassion or come into your throat and like speak about what you're feeling it also doesn't leave room for questioning anymore and and i think that's that's become really really uh troubling for me um and and i i get why i know that there's a lot of outlandish stuff too but I feel like in a free society, we need to, you know, just as outlandish as our mainstream media is to be so one way, uh, we got to respect everybody's opinion and actually the conversation and the conversations that we have, often the conversations between the moderates is where yeah. the truth lies, not, not um, some, you know, hyper left or hyper right uh, opinion about something, yeah. you know? So I, I think that's where... That's the way I look at it now. When I when I look at media now, I'm I'm kind of disappointed, and I think that's good because that means that there's a lot of well, space for improvement. Yeah, and that means that <laughs> exactly. that's why I'm in that space now, right? I, I was in I was in banking, and I essentially left management consultant uh, consulting and investment banking because I was so basically appalled by the way that they um, by the way they go about doing business. Mm -hmm. A lot and, of greed uh, and dysfunction yeah, there too. A lot of greed, a lot of dysfunction. Definitely not uh, not working in society in the best interest of society, and that's that is the case for a lot of um, for a lot of massive uh, massive business. So, uh, including media. So that's the way I saw it, and, and and this is my way or our way of trying to make a little bit of a difference. At least our community and our clients will benefit from what is hopefully, and I say hopefully because we're human beings and nobody's perfect, and what I mean is hopefully we'll do a bit of a better job at keeping it balanced and healthy. Well, making it more open and engaging, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. yeah. Well, what about if we go back to those energies, because I'm a big believer of energy too. 
Um, and like, you know, it comes down to even when you just like meet a random person on the street, you could feel, you could feel mm -hmm. their energy. So going I mean, back, we're, like, we're electric. We have a nervous system. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. But I find a lot of people are like, they're not paying attention to it. Mm. Like, they're not paying attention to it. And it's like, there's so many, like the number one thing I'll tell people and like, it sounds like corny as hell. Okay. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are just like, ah, I don't need that shit. I say meditate, mm -hmm. like take the time. And like people associate like, you know, meditating, you sit down, you close your eyes, you cross your legs and you have no thoughts. But <laughs> it's not that like if you go into it, it's actually you are going into your thoughts. You are paying attention to them. You are paying attention to the feelings that it gives you, your emotions. You're mm. actually paying attention to that. Yeah. And then once you kind of like notice that feeling. Yeah. Okay. Then you capture that. And you let and it you, and That's it. Yeah. It's a lot of people say like, oh, I don't know how to meditate because I can't sit quietly. Monkey if, man. Yeah, it's like you're not supposed to sit quietly with no thoughts. That's not I don't think we're... anybody can, like humanly, right? You have to really cult cultivate it. Exactly. Mm. So yeah, there's so many, there's so many things that people are like uh, not going to. It's, I mean, it's there, right? It's like right there. You just need to go get it, or to explore it at the at the least. We're we're um, we're in a culture now that doesn't uh, doesn't want to talk anymore. People just are so attached to their uh, opinions about stuff. And uh, that troubles me because um, if everybody knows everything, then what are we doing here? In reality, <laughs> exactly. we don't know anything and, and we need to have conversations. Mm -hmm. And that's what media is for. I mean, media historically, journalists historically were, especially mainstream media, were supposed to always challenge whatever was coming out of government or big business mm -hmm. to see and to open a to conversation make sure that what they're putting out is as is as true as it could possibly be. But okay, we, we know that with, that mass media is obviously corrupted in propaganda and whatnot. So I think everyone's aware of that to a certain extent. So I think we like, it's like, okay, how can we have those conversations in other spaces? So I think also like what we're doing right now, like podcasts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. The reason why those are on the rise is because actually, yes, there is a lot of people that are interested in, in, in creating these sound bites that can allow for other conversations to be open and explored, hear different perspectives. I so I actually, form. exactly, and I actually really appreciate, um, so we've talked about the negative side, but like on the positive side, a lot of people have been sharing their gifts, their knowledge, their wisdom, and having conversations on social media these days that I've really appreciated, like yeah. a lot of IG lives and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Big time. So something that uh, you asked me earlier, what inspires us, and yeah. uh, I didn't touch on like uh, like nature is a really, really, really big um, inspiration, and also cultures that hold a very dear relationship with nature. So a lot of the people that I've been following um, have close relationships with like Aboriginal communities and stuff like that, and like a lot of what's happening in the world right now, like this devastation and like 
all that's like was prof- like prophesized in a lot of different tribes that like this would happen eventually one day and yeah. that people one day would go seeking this reconnection with nature and themselves and all these things so there's an emergence of this now and i think that we almost needed like a reset and like a shock of some sort to take people back into this like place where I could pay attention to that again you know so you're you're looking at this as kind of like um a reset I think that we're in a, a massive awakening of humanity and people coming yeah. back into their heart space, but it's, it's taking shape in, in a way that first is revealing all the dysfunctions. And I, I don't know, I believe in equal light and equal shadow. So I think that there's, you know, always good and bad happening simultaneously, but I'm seeing a lot of people, you know, coming into, um, a space where they are questioning and are allowing themselves to reconnect with like, their inner child and the things that brought them joy, whether it was like creative mm-hmm. practices or whatnot. So I, I think there's, there's a lot of changes coming for us, you know? Yeah. I think we're in a fork in the road, to be honest with you. And, and uh, I think, I think it's very critical that we, that we think critically as people. Uh, Cause there's it's, one thing is inevitable. Things are going to change in the future. Now, whether they change for the better or for worse for the general population, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be up to us. You know, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know that just following mainstream media uh, is gonna get us to where we want to be. So I think that these fringe movements and these just people talking and mm-hmm. allowing each other to open up the conversation uh, about question. anything uh, to question whatever they want to question and still treat people with respect, even if you don't agree with their opinion, is mm-hmm. gonna become super, super important. Yeah, that's. The, I think that's gonna be the key, right? Is is yeah. is, is the like you said, we, we hit kind of like almost like a wall and not everybody's kind of stopped. Some people are questioning, some people are not. But the people that are questioning, obviously, they're going to have different opinions. Who's going to be on the right side? Who's going to be on the left side? Mm-hmm. But the, it's the whole respect thing, right? Mm-hmm. That, if you can't if you can respect the other person, you'll never hear them out. And if you never hear them out, chances are you know like i i truly believe in like uh um the best way to learn is actually to to listen to talk and to listen to people listening is huge man everybody everybody has something to bring Mm -hmm. bring you like Mm -hmm. like i think anthony said before like if we know everything why the why the fuck are we here why are we here well that's that's why you know everybody becoming a virologist now or everybody's (laughs) a doctor and even at that even if you are a virologist and a doctor you know so many people are 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 just repeating you know they Mm -hmm. went to school they learned something they repeat even professionals that we are supposed to trust aren't necessarily thinking critically so yeah, I, I just feel like we can't discount every anybody's opinion. And often one of the things that's been really frustrating for me looking on social media, and that's why I'm kind of not looking at it anymore, is how people are calling each other out on something. Somebody might say something like, um, you know, are, are these numbers really real that are coming out of here? Or, or uh, are they are they overstating them? Or is the model not correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know? Why, why can we not challenge that? Or why can we not have an opinion on that uh, and just have a respectful conversation around it? Yep. You know? I think that the solution is, you know, obviously is to come together, you know, and like anything that is, 
is causing people to point fingers at one another or like tear people apart or segregate or marginalize groups, like that is the opposite of the solution, you know? And it is a sensitive time where like there's a lot of fear in the environment, like all around everywhere on a global level. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's easy to go into that state of separation where uh, you're calling each other out, but it's so important that we do what we can as humans, as individuals to cultivate whatever practices we can. You mentioned meditation, but maybe it could be a creative art practice, but to, to stay as much as you can in your heart space, because when you're in your heart space, you've, you've risen up from that fear-based area and you're you're in a space where you can hold more compassion for different people and their opinions and situations and for yourself and whatever mm-hmm. you're living, you know? And it's a time to really transcend, like know your individual and your individuality, but transcend it into, a, into the collectivity. Like what are we living on a global level and consider more realities than just your own, you know? And hopefully that this global virus can take people into a space where they can think a bit more universally you know like how how are we all living on this planet earth together how can we what can we do in our own skill set in our own capacity to be part of like a global planetary healing not just like of myself i think that that's where we would have to go as if how can each individual serve the collective how who can i collaborate with in my community to share resources to share skills, to share knowledge, to create impactful things. Who are people that I would have never thought of merging my talents and gifts with that have special offerings in different sectors of business or whatnot? How can we bring that together to offer something really beneficial to our community that is beyond us just trying to milk all the money we can from just like to give to our community? I think we're in a time where like that is what is needed right now. You know, I think and, and I think all that, though, like everything you just said, I think I think the main thing is people need I don't know what you guys think, but people need to take their ego and yes. like put it aside. Check yeah. it at the door, homie. I always say this. Because that's the <laughs> that's the thing. man. And also and that comes with um, that's why a lot of we rely so heavily on expertise in the world. Uh, or what we call expertise, but I, I would challenge that completely and say, if we left our ego at the door, then it's no longer Anthony Leisha, the accountant, or Anthony Leisha, the engineer, or Anthony Leisha, the this or that. It's, can you come back to like, hey, gut feeling, what do I feel about this? Exactly. Or um, is there something off with this that I, that, I wanna, that I wanna look at? Or do I feel good about this? And what are other people saying? And oh, that's interesting and whatever. And why couldn't we be more like that, you yeah. know? Uh, because in that case, then whether you're a doctor or an actual virologist <laughs> or, uh, or an engineer or whatever, then we could just have discussions over things. And then we wouldn't have to like discuss about we, what we disagree on that the media said. That's the thing. We should have the discussion about the topic. You know, it's like when they, they had that, the, you know, the controversial election uh, that, we, that we had last time. You know, it's like people were discussing more about two people rather than discussing about the topics like the economy or like, you know, healthcare or like things that actually matter or that we, we, all we do is talk about people now. Yeah. We don't talk about issues. We talk about people. And if we don't like that person or the other person, 
Well, our opinion will be based off of that and not off of what's re what's really going on in that issue. So hopefully what we can do with some of our media is be a little bit more cognizant of that automatic bias that we all have as humans and uh, try and step away from that by, by being less planned in certain aspects, we get away from the potential to fall into our own traps, I think. Hmm. That's interesting. Our own traps. Hmm. Yeah, I try to pay. I try. Yeah, we all have them for sure. I'm the first one to say that I have traps everywhere, but uh, most of them are, are self-made traps. But you know, it happens, and the whole point of it is to uh, uh, realize them and and get out of them. So it's man, it's it's crazy, and I think that we pay too much attention to uh, people instead of topics. Like you said, we pay attention to many people instead of the actual, you know, subject of, of discussion. So, well, it's like the amount of racism and violence that's, that's like affected Asian communities, like since all this happened, right? Because of like a lot of what's put out there. Mm. Um, I, I don't think that marginal, marginalizing peoples or groups is the solution right it's like a By bigger the end of the day, it won't bring anything like no. what's it gonna bring to to but that's what i was saying anything that, any approach that divides us doesn't make us stronger as a human human family yeah you know? in, in like yeah. i said before i won't get too much into it but i think we're a lot more interested in the distractions rather than the actual topics we're talking about that's the problem and if I have to distract you from this conversation now, <laughs> if I would have to ask you, uh, if you had to, if you had, let's say, unlimited budget, unlimited location. Everybody meet every media creator's dream. <laughs> Wait, well, exactly. So I'm trying to put it out there for you. And you know what? It's not as easy as you think as a, of a question. But if, if you had unlimited budget, unlimited location, and a specific topic or message that you would like to deliver to your audience, what would it be? Oh my God. Well, I touched on it earlier. I think that there's a lot of wisdom in people who are living in unbroken lineages who have been in generations in connection to Mother Earth. And I think that a lot of our, like, modernization and industrialization over here has taken us kind of like away from some of the messages that we get when we're living in harmony with nature. So definitely the project for me would definitely be going into those places and giving voices and creating dialogue and conversation between people who have been living off the matrix to inform people in the matrix so that we can find a happy middle ground that is a more more harmony on the planet, you know. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I, I, as as you were saying that, I was thinking, holy crap, what would it be talking or having discussions with these people? Like, what would we talk about? This is my goal, man. As soon as this quarantine is over, this is where <laughs> I want to go. Yeah, it's like, really calling me more than ever. Like I just thought about it now. It's like, what would I, what would I talk about? It's crazy. I don't think you would have to talk, man. They would take you for a walk in the forest, <laughs> tell you to leave your iPhone, uh, check it at the door. When you check the ego, check the iPhone too. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and get the downloads from the from the trees, man. 
I mean, <laughs> I have unlimited resources. I try, I try and fish out all of the corruption that goes on uh, in the in the world. I, I I try and fish all that out. I I would try and show people all the fallacies. For me, because I come from a banking background, I'll yeah. be honest with you. I, like I'm schooled in economics, finance, and all of that, and I think that generally the population has really uh, uh, not a bad understanding. I just think. The understanding we get, most people don't watch like business shows all day, right? They, they watch like the regular news, which has a three-minute time slot to explain to you what happened in the 2008 financial crisis, for example, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I would, if I had unlimited budget, I'd love to show people that, you know, their taxpayer money went to bail out banks that were predatory in that time. It's funny <laughs> because like, you know, this whole yin-yang thing, this light shadow, I touched on it earlier, yeah, I think... Yeah. We embody that Ice. in this, in this that Anthony, <laughs> and literally the way we're dressed in it too. But Anthony, he wants to like really dive into the shadow and like to to like debunk a lot of what we've been told in traditional media. So that's one facet of with what we're co-creating here. Yeah. And then I want to <laughs> like go into the people who are like have found a sort of harmony and peace and try to extract knowledge from that. This, from light this, is, this is why it's so interesting that, and this is why I wanted to talk to you guys. Cause obviously it's, I know you guys, it's like a number of years, right? So I kind of know how you guys do things. <laughs> and that's why I, I, I said, this is going to be interesting <laughs> to talk to them and see what goes on. And, you know, I would just like to sit at the dinner table with you guys and see what the hell you guys talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's true that, that Lee is always, Lee has always been like this. You know, I mean, you've known us for yeah. you know, years and years. And, and even when Lee was like 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, she was always super positive. So Lee will always look to highlight um, somebody doing something amazing. Yeah. Somebody doing something great for the world. Uh, uh, she'll try and, you know, make something or a piece of art that's going to really touch people and make them ascend to a higher vibration, right? Mm -hmm. I guess I'm a little bit more pessimistic and a bit more like, hey, what's going on over here and what's going on over there? The myth buster. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's been such an interesting and challenging uh, relationship to have in both business and in life because... Uh, it, I think that's the beauty, right? Is the fact that we come at it from a different perspective and meet in the middle. That's where we find our truth. Well, I think know? that that's where true peace and harmony exists. Yeah. Is, you know, we can't just be, if, you know, all butterflies and rainbows. Like that I am all butterflies and rainbows, <laughs> but I'm willing, I'm willing to see the shadows too. Yeah. And I think that as a society, we need to be willing to see both. Some people are only living in the shadow of the yeah. fear and they're not seeing the rainbow. And then yeah. other people are just want to dance on the rainbow, but don't want to like look at like, yeah. whoa, like uh, what are we doing to the planet with all our pollution? Uh, like how, how are we really treating all the different peoples in our, and like the greater community of this, like, yeah. you know, we need a balance between both. Bo both exist. Right, both, both exist. exist. And they will always exist exactly. on Earth. It's about yeah. that duality, you know. And what we want to come into is oneness. But how do you come into the oneness unless you accept both? Well, you gotta. Let it, for for me, it's it's about like slowly starting to not let go of ego, but just notice it, right? You can't let go of ego either. Exactly, exactly. ego exactly. is actually important for you, right? It's exactly, world. 
but letting sure. letting go a little bit of that i think allows you to realize that the light and shadow exist and that it has always existed and will always exist you know and uh, then it makes it a little bit more palpable when when you when you see something really wrong in the world today uh, or when you see something really really great mm -hmm. interesting interesting conversation so I have to I have to go take a walk in the woods, leave my phone out, check my ego at the door. Shit, I, be, I better go meditate. Fuck, I think I'm screwed. <laughs> think I'm screwed. <laughs> and don't forget to find the rainbow. Oh yeah, okay, I'll try. It's inside. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think uh, you know what's really interesting is is we 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 talked before about like. Um, you know, you were saying how so much media is so quick, right? Like, it's all about like 10 second ad or 30 second ad or a two minute news story or whatever, you know? Yeah. Like, actually, though, big issues need to need to be hashed out on, in long form conversation, you know? Because everybody wants everything quick today. Everybody <laughs> wants it right away. Like, I want yeah. this now. It's like, if we're discussing, let's say, COVID-19, right? And like the steps we should take in the next, how can that be a two second conversation or a or dictated to us impossible know? it can't be that just like it can like you know uh, we can't solve hunger by having a two-minute conversation or we can't we can't do anything with a two-minute conversation yeah that's the that's the thing so maybe going a bit against the grain and doing stuff that's a little bit long form will become the new norm later you know exactly if never if we never start exploring that then it will never become that either well, because I think the long form brings brings another uh, another aspect to it. Because well, it kind of conversation if it, it brings the opportunity to suggest that there's a bias and we could hash out the bias. It it actually so slows your mind down and yeah. it actually gives you your mind the opportunity to say, "Wait a minute, there's another side to this story. Maybe I should pay attention." You know, in thirty seconds, in one minute, in five minutes, I can give you one side of something. Yeah, and if I'm convincing. Any side I give you, you'll believe it. You'll believe. So, but we have that duality within ourselves too. Of course. You know, we have that polarity, and I'm very, very interested in exploring that. Actually, the, the last art piece that I released on Instagram during this period that we're in was shot exactly a year ago, and it was called it's called Light Shadow Work, and it's a container in which I guided. Um, a group of women with, uh, I was co-facilitated by a dancer that um, is part of our collective here. Her name is Jade. And I was photo assisted by another artist named Alessia. And we guided a group of women through the experience of consciously embodying their light polarity and consciously embodying their shadow polarity. Hmm. Okay. When you Ex come, Explain that, yeah. So... This is what I mean, like when the, the, the art pieces involve the people, because it's not just like, okay, wear white and like stand like this. It was like, okay, how can we, we meditate before we create and whatnot, but like, how can we arrive at that place of consciously embodying as a group what we feel like? in these different polarities because we mm -hmm. all have them right and then how can we extract from that polarization an inner harmony as a group so the photos and the video explore that that um 
conversation that it exists within the individual. Yeah. It exists within the collective as well. So yeah, that's it, kind of yeah, it. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It forces you to like, it forces you to pay attention. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It forces you to actually pay attention. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because we, 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 we did this, this co-creation <laughs> exactly a year before we went into quarantine. And I feel like what we're living now on earth is an extreme polarization on earth. So there's like this intensity of the shadow. And then, yes, there's like all these people who are having like spiritual awakenings because they're home being grateful for every drop of water coming out of their faucet. Mm-hmm. They're like, they're seeing God in the drop. They're like, oh my God, <laughs> like this is a blessing. I would have never realized this if I was in the hustle and bustle of the everyday. People are breathing, people are. So, and I think that we're, we're feeling so much as a, on a planetary level, everybody's in this quarantine, right? Yeah. Like we're feeling the extremities, you know? And I think that you need to feel that tug of war inside to kind of synthesize and come to like a, a central points within you know so yeah. i think that in the long run that there's some magic in that that will, will be unveiled but there's a lot of conversations long form and and all the sides that need to be explored and lots of ego checking and nature questing yeah, yeah. in the middle of all that well well hopefully at the end of this something positive is gonna come out like in like in general there will yeah. be for sure. Because the, the first thing, the first, well, the thing that freaked me out the most is when I actually stopped. And I'm even talking about like myself personally. Okay. The lifestyle that we were living or the general population was living, this includes me. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was just out of whack. It was I, I, I did not feel balanced at all. The last few months before the corona hit, I was completely out of balance, just working too hard. There it's, is something about the capitalistic system that we, we have come to rely on that is unsustainable, horrifically unhealthy, way more unhealthy than the coronavirus. Yes. Uh, on both a physical and mental level. We're in fight or flight mode almost constantly. I'm saying this because I literally, I didn't leave banking, so to speak. I burnt out completely, medically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then I chose to leave banking because I realized how much of a, a load of crap a lot of things are and, and how much we, um, we are little gerbils, you know, on that, like, on that little wheel a lot of the time. And, uh, and unfortunately, we do that all in the name of, uh, of money. Exactly. Exactly. Money and fear, right? Like, will I have enough? Um, is this safe enough? And now something like this comes in and just drops a bomb on everybody. No, your job's not safe. You know, your little business isn't safe. Nothing you do is safe because we're in a world where everything and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. So maybe we got to rethink the whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that's fine. You know, and, and hopefully, if Hopefully, if we move in that direction, that could be a healthy direction. But we could only do that by having the conversations that lead us there. You know? and, and, and seeing, like, once again, how 
your individuality could shine within the collective. How can you be of service within your community to, yeah. to build those bridges, yeah. those rainbow bridges? <laughs> you love the- those rainbows, eh? <laughs> I'm all about them. I'm a rainbow, rainbow woman. It's interesting. I mean, history has shown, right? We, nothing has worked. None of our systems have really worked. They've gotten better, but they've never really worked. Cause, communism didn't work, you know? Capitalism isn't working. Every 10, 15 years, they got to crash the market because infinite growth doesn't exist and that's what they need. So they got to go down to go back up. And so maybe somewhere in between would be interesting, you know? And so this, this whole idea that well, we spoke about before about the productions is how we want to run our company in general instead of a hierarchical, hierarchical society, mm-hmm. <laughs> more of a, a community. And that doesn't mean a community is not structured. It doesn't mean people don't have roles and responsibilities. It doesn't mean that there's not, uh, you know, that no, uh, no uh, money is involved or anything like that. It just means that at every step, there's, there's thought. And care. Everybody, everybody has to come to work with, I remember when I used to play sports, right? Which is, it's collective, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. one, of my, one of my best coaches he, his statement or his slogan was always the same and it, it still stuck in my head. And basically this guy said, every time you come here with your team, you have to come to a practice or a game or an event with your lunchbox. So I said, okay, the first time I said, what's your lunchbox? Like, does he mean that like for real or like, what the, what the hell is he talking about? He goes, no. He goes, it's, think about it. You have to come with your lunchbox. And in your lunchbox, you have to be able to have enough stuff to feed your team. So your teammates. He goes, mm-hmm. and it's the only way you guys are going to survive collectively as a team is everybody has to do their part coming in and bringing something for everybody else. And that was his that was his thing and he created such like a um such we we were like rallying no we were 20 22 brothers on this Aww, team you know I we weren't that. we weren't even like we weren't even teammates we were yeah. like brothers and he created that and we weren't the most successful team in in, in the league that year but at the end of the day it's like now you'll see these guys like 15 20 years later and it's like what's up man big hug what's up what's going on beautiful we try to cultivate that in our productions that sense of family you know like well that's why we have a that's like we have a a, like a select amount of people that we work with almost all the time and uh and that's what we call like you know when the leads to like the collective it's like they're not, ex- they're not employees uh, of Haven. They're no, all no. individual people doing cool work. And over time, we built a relationship with them. And now it just so happens that a lot of them slot into our projects, you know? Uh, yeah. Because obviously, as a production company, we can't just, uh, we, we can't roll out every production just Deanna and I. Sometimes no, I bet. But often, you know, you, you need that magic. So what we, we're trying to do on a micro level is exactly what I think needs to be done is that we need to honor that special magic spice in, in each individual and come together in a pot to cook something 
them. Mm-hmm. You know, every when everybody brings their lunchbox, it's like better. You know what what's cooked up, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I think we're in a we're too much in an incentive based society, right? People only do things in capitalism because they need to be incentivized to do them, right? Yeah, um, I think we got to move more. Th- look, for me, there's going to be change right, right after this, and and. I, I really but we need the change makers to roll it yeah, out I strongly believe this the kind of change that's going to be there it's going to be or we just accept whatever change is told you know like we need to go here or we all really like start thinking and feeling again and saying okay what's what's going to be good for us because people keep saying let's I can't wait to go back to the way it was can't wait to go back to the way it was but the way it was wasn't working either mm. yeah absolutely so we, we got to be cognizant of that. And I think uh, moving, you know, incentive-based, competition-based way of running the world, mm. um, I don't think, I think, I think it worked for a certain point. I think it had to be like that for a certain, to allow for a certain amount of growth. Um, you know, I, I don't think anything is, is lost in a sense, you know. But I think as we've always done, we're going to evolve we're all evolving. Evolution has to be conscious. We have to keep evolving. There's no choice about that. You know, it's funny how we could rally behind this thing. There's so many things that we should probably be rallying behind. It's so know? many. It's, one it's out insane. Of two men, one out of three women get cancer. Three million people died this year of cancer. Why don't yep. we rally behind that? You know, yep. um, you know, I got a million other examples like that. So I know it's 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 still it, poverty. There's still there's still slavery in some places. There's, there's so many problems. But this is what I'm, I'm saying. Is that so I think, I hope that like, I think, you know, for one human being to try to tackle all that is, is ridiculous. Right? Impossible. It's, Impossible. It's important to be as conscious as you humanly can, but we each need to identify where we're going to give our part when it comes to giving. How do you show up? beyond yourself and your own gains how do you show up for your community for your country for your planet imagine everybody got into this mindset everybody could be a change maker but you have to do it in the way you can within your capacity and with with the people who you can mobilize within your own community maybe maybe you're an older italian folk and you know how to plant gardens you're a change maker. You could teach everybody on your street this year how to make a garden. Exactly. Then, you know what? Maybe you're just a good organizer. You gather up all the nannies who know how to do gardens, where you run the, 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 the neighborhood gardening party. Yeah. You know? Like, that's being a change maker, man. For sure. That's like putting For the sure. power back in the people, giving them the seeds, saying, yeah. we're going to plant shit. And Beautiful. Without an agenda. That's the, that's the, you know, why don't people, uh, why don't people give money or give their time without saying that they did it these days? Yeah. Why? Because it's a tax incentive. Exactly. Yeah, so it always comes down to some sort of incentive. Why not just be good to be good? Exactly. What you know? if I do something for you, what do I get? That's the thing. What do I get? <laughs> or, or what agenda am I, uh, am I pushing? Why am I putting my time here? You know, I'd be more impressed if, if I, if, um, if um, if there was like things or agendas associated to people uh, doing quote unquote good in the world, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's not enough. Um, uh, there's not enough uh, time devoted to that into showcasing the positivity. 
And the reason for that is because I think that people in general, the way the, the human mind works, they cling on faster or they get it gets their attention faster if it's negative or fear-based. It, it, right. it, it leeches onto them, right? People kind of like, they, they, we, we love pain. That's the problem, right? A lot of people yeah, love pain. We all connect over. That's the thing. So it's an interesting thing. And, and you know, marketers and advertisers and. Uh, well, it's very manipulative. In, in you can manipulate part, a lot with it. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So I think marketers and advertisements and to a large part, like governments have always been interested in what drives people. Right. Because that, that aspect of social engineering is how we sell things to people. It's how we sell ideas to people. It's how we uh, have people vote for us. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, like, you know, that's why when you're, when you're just speaking about something and suddenly your iPhone sells you something, right? Like this is, <laughs> this is what, this is what we do, you know? So like, uh, and we've learned that some of the primal things like fear, like, um, like uh, sadness, like uh, anything that's like, you know, very primal and innate to us is something that hooks our attention, right? Exactly. Uh, it's like when you go to a business, right? And, you know, they say it's like you're way more likely if you love the experience, you might have one out of 10 people make a comment online to say, this was great. Yeah. If you hate the experience, like nine out of 10 people will write about it, yeah. you know? Or, and and I'm just I'm just throwing that out. Don't don't uh, don't call me on those numbers. But like we're so much more inclined. But it's because we've literally been programmed all this time to be that way. This is all we've been watching all our lives. It's negative exactly. media. Exactly. So if I had if I had um, two two last questions for you guys, okay? Because if not, mm -hmm. if we don't stop, we could go on like probably till tomorrow. But. <laughs> Two last questions is one, if you had one, one feeling to, to choose to bring forward, like an emotion, what would it be? And the second question is in 10 years from now, where do you guys see yourselves? Jeez. <laughs> Never big on 10 year plans <laughs> or any plans, <laughs> but uh... where do you visualize yourself? If you, if you ask if you ask me the same question, you know what I'll answer you. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Just especially right now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when you say, if, "Is it any emotion that comes to mind of how we're feeling right now?" No, in, in, what, in, you, what you want people to feel when they see your work, Anthony? Yeah. Oh, and yeah, they see there you work. go. Thanks. <laughs> I know mine. I'm waiting for him. <laughs> you go. You know it. I think mine is a hybrid between hope and unconditional love. Nice. Yeah. Very uh, nice. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, obviously I'm in line with 100% what Lee says, but for me, it's, uh, it's also, I want people to feel empowered, you know, like I want uh, people to feel like they have a right to choose again, because I think so many decisions are made despite ourselves and I think people should be allowed to choose how they want to think and feel uh, and, and respectfully. So hopefully, hopefully empowerment in, in some form, hope and, and love, man. It's all and like, comes down to. But true love, man. Love, love for, for your, who you truly are, acceptance, 
love for your fellow brothers and sisters and for this this beautiful planet that we're blessed to live on you know mm -hmm. yeah so thank you for joining me in this conversation it was amazing thank you um, and also next time maybe we'll do it face to face without social distancing it might be a little bit different but thanks to uh, this uh, beautiful uh, technology we have so i want i just want to let people know like where could they find your work where could they reach you where could they could go look at your stuff well you can find my 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 work at liana carboni photo on instagram lianacarboni.com and then you can find our work uh, with the studio and our, our collective over at um, havencreative.studio. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff coming out soon. I'm still new to the media game, so last year was me building out a lot of stuff, a lot of skills, a lot of, a lot of work, so soon to come. Very nice. Thank you, and Anthony underscore Lee show. <laughs> awesome. And uh, our 10-year plan, we didn't answer you. Yeah, go ahead. If, well, yeah, it's true. I, an I asked you the question. I answered, but you guys never answered. So go ahead. 10-year plan. the love can expand. And we can, we can be doing this with a bigger community and a bigger platform to share yeah. and make those bridges. Yeah, I think right now we're creating, uh, we're... Uh, you know, we start off by producing the media. I think eventually we want to broadcast some of the media. And, and awesome. Of, yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know, what we're doing and what we believe in. Uh, and the people, people, the people around in. the world who we believe in are, are spreading like this uh, good vibration and bringing awareness to a lot of things and just link up, you know, create a, we have a little global community going on, but really expand that. So very yeah, nice. That's our plan. Super cool, super cool plan. I'm looking, <laughs> looking forward to uh, seeing more stuff. Thank you, cool. thank you for for this opportunity and, uh, yeah, and asking us so us. many beautiful questions, giving us a chance to share our voice on your platform. We appreciate it very much. Yeah, not to mention fun to reconnect with uh, with an old friend. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, uh, both it works on my side too. Thank you for for coming on and thank you for having such a super nice conversation interesting as always i knew it was going to be interesting like i said and uh, it uh, lived up to my expectations usually, usually i don't make expectations but you know for this one i had so it was good but um yeah super and it was super fun uh, talking to you guys again and we'll do it soon for sure again well, great stuff uh, with the podcast initiative and um, good luck to you with that and, and hopefully we'll see each other soon. Blessings, man. Thank you. Love. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good job.